As mentioned this morning, my wife, uh, Linda, is uh, with other pastor's wives uh, at a retreat. She'll come back this afternoon. Um, as I'll mention in my, the message, uh, I, I miss having her around Sunday morning because she really helps me get out of the house. And this morning I had a little trouble doing that. Um, our, our gospel text on this third Sunday after Epiphany is from Mark chapter 1, and we begin with verse uh, 14, Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 14. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, teach us your word this morning, for your word is truth. May the truth of your word be understood with our minds by the help of your Holy Spirit, be believed in our hearts, and Lord, be uh, lived out in our lives. And so be our teacher this morning uh, and impress upon us your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, what time is it? Uh, well, you know... We ask that question often. Uh, you, you know, it's usually answered with a quick uh, look at our, our watch or our ever-present cell phones. Um, we're very time-conscious in our modern world because, well, everything is so fast-paced. Maybe not for those who are retired, or maybe it still is. This morning, I wasn't as time-conscious as I thought, you know, I, I'm going along getting all my things done and, and cooking my breakfast and, and getting everything ready for today and printing out my, uh, the last version of my sermon. And, and I just put my nice omelet on the table and I look at my watch and it's 9.18. And I thought, whoa, I, I thought it would be about 9 o'clock, you know. I quickly gobbled that down and got here, I'm, you know, would have been a church usually by now. Uh, we're often anxious about the time, uh, about being late for uh, school or, or for work or for a meeting or for a doctor's appointment. Um, often we are uh, just so concerned about time. Jesus was time conscious but for an entirely different reason. Not there wasn't enough time, but the time was so important. What time is it? 
In our gospel text this morning, we're told Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What time is it? Well, Jesus said it was the time of fulfillment, the time of the long-awaited and much-anticipated kingdom of God, which was now at hand. The time Jesus proclaimed was not an hour of the day or a day on the calendar. It was and is the time of opportunity, the time of new beginnings, the time of decision, the time to respond. As you may know, the Greeks had two words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos is the time on your watch or the day on your calendar. It is the moment-by-moment passing of time. Kairos is an event in time that changes everything, like December 7, 1941, the day that will live in infamy. That day, Pearl Harbor uh, Day, was the day that changed the course of history. And there may be a kairos moment in your life, a moment that changed the course of your life. Maybe when your spouse proposed to you, or uh, maybe when you received a diagnosis of a disease that would, would alter the course of your life. There are those moments that are times perhaps of crisis or times of an opportunity that you make that decision and your life is changed because of that, the kairos moment. The New Bible Commentary notes that uh, God's great countdown in history was over and the time of blastoff had come. That's kind of using a modern uh, image there. But like a rocket ascending into the sky, Mark's gospel gains speed greater speed as it goes. There is a sense of urgency that overshadows everything. The word immediately occurs 10 times in the very first chapter of Mark and another 25 times in the remainder of the gospel. Everything is happening immediately. The InterVarsity New Testament commentary asks, what kind of immediately is this? Is it a time of urgency, emergency, or crisis? What energy drives this new sense of time? In each case, this new sense of time is connected to something Jesus says or does. Jesus appears unannounced and called Simon and Andrew, who followed him immediately. And then Jesus saw two other fishermen, James and John, and immediately he called them. And immediately, they followed. You know, each gospel writer uh, chose from the multitude of accounts of Jesus a certain slice of Jesus' ministry and teaching. Uh, Mark was very aware of, you know, all the things Jesus did. But there's a lot of things, especially in this passage, that he just left out that Matthew and and Luke uh, or John tell us about. But he's just laser-focused 
um, in, in this gospel um, in order to portray Jesus. Uh, in, it, there's a certain essential message that, that each gospel writer is trying to, to convey. And in Mark's portrayal of Jesus, everything is moving at warp speed to culminate in the, uh, and culminates uh, in the cross where Jesus would give his life as a ransom for many. Everything is just laser-focused, hurrying to that point to tell us what Jesus has done for us. And here in, in Mark uh, chapter 1, he's saying Jesus is proclaiming the good news of God. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Our theme, uh, Mark wrote his gospel so that those who read or heard it would indeed repent, believe the good news, and follow Jesus. And our theme during the season of Epiphany is Jesus Revealed. And this morning, we look at Jesus Revealed as the one to follow. Jesus is revealed here as the one to follow. And we will unpack this gospel lesson by looking at the message, the call, and the response that we find there. And we will discover that these three are just intertwined throughout this passage. And so it's, it's kind of hard to do a point-by-point point outline because each one of these is intertwined. And, uh, but first, our text begins with the urgency of the message. The urgency of the message. Look at verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, this kairos time, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus announces the time that is fulfilled. It is a time that requires a response. And the response that Jesus announced was, Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, the words repent and believe are not suggestions. They are commands. They're in the imperative. Now, what, Jesus, what God commands, he also gives power to fulfill. Oftentimes, we hear somebody command, oh, I can't do that. Well, when God commands... He also gives the power to fulfill what he is um, inviting us to do. The Bible tells us that repentance and faith are themselves gifts that God gives by his grace. We cannot repent and believe except by the Holy Spirit working through the gospel. And when the gospel is proclaimed, the Holy Spirit is there and, and it gives us the grace to repent and believe. Whatever God commands, he also gives grace to fulfill that command. We can't do it on our own. Uh, to quote again from the University New Testament commentary, the fundamental meaning of repentance is to turn away from what we, we are doing and embrace what God is doing and to do so wholeheartedly. R.C. Sproul asked in his commentary on Mark, 
what did G why, excuse me, why did Jesus call people to repent? He goes on to say, he explains that Jesus' announcement of the coming kingdom, this Kairos moment, created a crisis for his hearers. And it ought to create a crisis for us even now. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness, and we are not righteous. Sproul goes on to, uh, to say, uh, when uh, Jesus was saying, in essence, you are not ready for the coming of the kingdom. Therefore, repent and believe. Sproul says these two actions are absolutely necessary to receive the Savior. No one can enter the kingdom of God without repentance, without fleeing from sin and putting their trust in Jesus Christ alone. I hope you remember the day you met Jesus or the day that you yielded your life to Jesus that Kairos moment where nothing after that is the same. The message, Mark says, is urgent. The time is now. Jesus calls us through the gospel to repent and believe. A response is required. The urgency of the message is followed by the urgency of the call. The call. Look at verses 16 and 17, and then we'll drop down to verse 19. He says, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And in verse 19, it says, and going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending nets. And immediately he called them. Now, the call, follow me, wasn't, again, an invitation. It was a command. And in the Greek, it is three words, and they are said with emphasis. Come after me. Come behind me. And the picture portrayed for us is that Jesus is walking along the shore of Galilee, and while walking, he sees Simon and Andrew and says, come after me and just keeps on walking. And in the same breath, he lets them know the new occupation that they would be having, and I will make you become fishers of men. With the call to follow came the knowledge of what they would become, what Jesus would make out of them. Jesus intended to provide intensive on-the-job training, and the word become, especially in the Greek language here, meant that this would happen over time. It wasn't going to be an instantaneous change, and it certainly wasn't in the disciples, and it certainly hasn't been in my life, and I'm sure it hasn't been necessarily that instantaneous change, although sometimes it is. It's amazing, um, that Kairos moment in their lives. But it also conveys a sense of certainty. It will happen over time, but it will happen with certainty. God is going to do what he says he will do in their lives. The Apostle Paul wrote in, to the Philippians, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work 
will bring it to completion. God is going to do that work in your life and mine when we yield our lives and we, when we respond to the call to follow him. The New Bible Commentary observes, to believe the good news is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to follow him. And so he called his first disciples and still calls us today. I love this point that this commentary makes. Simon and Andrew, James and John, were all ordinary people at their ordinary tasks when Jesus called them. God calls ordinary people and calls them to do extraordinary things. It's God who does it. It's not in me. It's not in you. It's what God does. Indelibly linked to the message and the call of Jesus, and just as urgent is the response. Uh, Look at verse 18, and immediately they left their nets and followed him. And verse 20, and immediately he called them, he called James and John, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Mark would have us understand that Jesus didn't wait for their response. He just continued walking along the shore. But the reaction of these men was instantaneous. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And I can imagine (laughs) Jesus was walking along, they left their nets and followed him and, and, and ran after him to catch up, right? Jesus wasn't waiting for a response. He was just walking along, kept walking. Come on, come behind me. We got work to do. Mark tells us plainly that there is an urgency in the message and in the call and in the response. Jesus is on the move. The time of the kingdom has come and there is no time to waste. Simon, Andrew, James, and John acted with faith. They put their future and livelihood and the, uh, along with their families into the hands of Jesus and followed him. In today's world, we we frequently use the term follow, especially as, you know, our youngerish people know, in in social media, right? Uh, Whatever the post is, you know, on on Instagram or or, uh, on a, a podcast, there's always a little link that invites you to follow this author or this this writer or this this person. So we often use the word follow in today's lingo. To follow means that somebody is leading us. We are trusting them to inform us, to teach us, to shape us in some way or another. So the books we read, the podcasts we listen to, the videos we watch, and even the celebrities we desire to emulate all are different ways that we allow, even invite others to influence our lives. And so who are you following? And you might say, well, I'm following this podcast, or I'm following this this writer, or I'm following this television series. We're invited to follow Jesus, to emulate him. To follow Jesus is to trust him to teach us, to mold us, and to make us into new creations. 
To follow Jesus is to desire to become like him. You know, in many places in the world, to follow Jesus isn't easy. It's very costly. I received Voice of the Martyrs magazine, and in a recent issue, it told of Omar, a believer, a believer in Bangladesh, where less than one-half of one percent of the population are Christians. Omar came to Christ as a young man through a tract that somebody gave him. For the first time, he learned that Jesus died to forgive his sins. He was intrigued. He'd never heard of such a thing, and he, and he went uh, to a bookstore and bought a Bible and, and, and dug in trying to find anything that it said about Jesus. And when he, in John 14, 6, when he came across that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He decided that he would follow Jesus instead of following the religion he was brought up in. It was that kairos moment in his life. And everything after that was changed. He accepted that message, responded to the call of Jesus in his life and followed him, not looking back. When Omar told his family about his faith in Jesus, they weren't as excited as he was. They beat him and then they threw him out of the house and said, never come back, just completely rejected him as their son. But Omar kept on witnessing to everyone he met. Omar was repeatedly beaten, jailed, and his life threatened. But he wouldn't stop sharing the message of Jesus and calling others to faith in him. He reflects, he says, that it was like an addiction. I, I had to share Jesus with everyone I met. And, and it was such a, you know, God was right there with me. And, and it was such a powerful thing. And every time I shared, the Holy Spirit was right there. Not everybody came to faith, but many, many, many people did. And in a country where people didn't hear about Jesus. Following Jesus may not be so costly for us as it had been for Omar. Uh, did I mention he was repeatedly jailed? His life threatened over and over again, but he wouldn't stop sharing the message of Jesus. It may not be so costly for us, but even in this country, Christians increasingly experience persecution for their sins. I was in a job interview about a, a getting a, a working as a chaplain in a nursing home, and I may have told this story before, but... Um, it was like the third interview, and, and everything was clicking together. The, the, vi the day before, the vice president of the company said, oh, I hear you're going to be our new chaplain. He says, well, I haven't heard that for sure. But... And then, then I got called in, and she said, you know, I, I forgot. I hadn't asked you about your, your views on social issues. What do I believe about certain social issues? And that was the last time I heard from the you know, because my views on social issues weren't their views on social issues. And so Christians will experience that kind of rejection. And yet, will we keep following Jesus? Absolutely. 
Jesus is revealed as the one to follow. Jesus calls us to follow in the way of the cross, to follow him to forgiveness and salvation, to follow him towards sanctification and holiness, that is, to follow him in a way that emulates him, that allows him to, that Jesus to, to, um, to work his work in us so that we become more and more like him, that allows Jesus to make something out of our lives that he will use for his glory. What time is it? Time is now. Now is the opportunity, now is the time to respond to the message and follow Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 6.2, the Apostle Paul records the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah. For he says, in a favorable time, a favorable time, Kairos, in a favorable time, I listen to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. And Paul says, behold, now is the favorable time. Now is that kairos moment. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Jesus once came into Galilee with this message, and he comes to us this morning with the same message. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel is the good news of what God has done for us through Jesus. That Jesus died for our sin to forgive us. That Jesus rose from the dead so that we would have eternal life with him. The Greek word in this, what Jesus said, the Greek for repent and believe are not one-time actions, but they are mean to be repenting and be believing continually. Daily we need to repent and believe and follow Jesus. Believe now that God has good news for you. Believe now that Jesus calls you to follow and respond now to this good news. Repent and believe in the gospel and follow Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, daily you are calling us, as as Luke records our Lord saying, um, to daily take up our cross and follow you. And so, Lord God, may we we follow you this day. And it may not be easy, uh, but you are with us. We may not feel prepared, but you will teach us. And so, Lord, may we follow you. And if there's anyone listening today online or here that has not responded to that call, has not repented and and put their faith in Jesus and are following him, would even now, would this be their kairos moment, the time of decision, the time to say, yes, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead. Yes, I believe he is calling me and I will follow him wherever he leads. Heavenly Father, would you do that work in each life that we might follow you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.